Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle. And I am Pastor Holly. Hi, Pastor Holly. Hey. How's it going? Good, good. We're, good. Uh, you're here in the room two weeks in a row. I know. It's like, Crazy. It's, like it's a Christmas miracle. Wow. I know. Nice. <laughs> it's been fun to kind of have a more normal week. Yeah. Kind of in the office doing all the stuff. Yeah. In person. Yeah. It's well, it's been good to have you back. And yeah, I uh, I think that from now on we just skip January. Yeah. We let's just do it. Just go from Christmas to February. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Except for I do like the I mean, you all know I like the winter weather. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor <laughs> if you could see her right now, she's rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love it. It's a good thing you're the boss I know. because otherwise you'd be voted down. I know, in a, <laughs> totally. In a landslide. In a landslide, yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, you know, we're getting to spring. No, there are like, I don't, know, I don't know what flowers because I'm not good at that, but there are flowers popping up outside. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know, daffodils probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. But they, the, I, that looks beautiful for sure. Very beautiful. It's very yes. beautiful. Uh-huh. Yep. But, uh, yeah. You know when there aren't flowers? <laughs> no winter. winter. <laughs> uh, well, today, Pastor Holly, I'm excited about this discussion. Yes. And just, I'm excited about this week because you preach this week. Yes. You teach this week. Yeah. And I am so, I, you have done such a great job with a actually very difficult kind of story and passage. Yeah, this is a hard one. This is a tricky one. It's actually yeah. really rich and yes. um, deep and lots of great stuff in this story, but it is hard. And we just, yeah. we wanted to acknowledge that just yeah. right off the bat, that there's some hard stuff in this story. And and while we're not going to get into a lot of those specifics, uh, it is a difficult story. Yeah. So we just want to give you that heads up as you're, as you're listening, if you're driving along with your kids in the car or anything along those lines, yes. just to be aware of that. Thank you for yeah. that. That's very good. Uh, but we, I think we also want to say that, you know, one of the benefits of the Bible is that it doesn't, it doesn't sugarcoat things. No. Uh, there's really hard stuff in the Bible, really hard situations, really hard life circumstances. And you get to see kind of God working in the midst of all of that. And mm-hmm. so as kind of maybe a positive way to connect, if you have a hard story, uh, you have a home here yes. in Scripture, yes, and and uh, a God who, as you'll see, uh, does some pretty cool things and can and can really help. Yes, yes, and a God who recognizes your pain, recognizes yes. your circumstances, and will will enter those circumstances and meet you there. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. The other quick thing to just let you know before we dive in here is that this is one of the, the story we're telling today is one of the earliest stories in the Bible, particularly in any uh, historic way, um, this is an ancient story. Yes. So we have to remember to uh, to view it in that way, through the lens of this ancient culture. It it occurred in ancient times, and it was told through the perspective of ancient times. Yes. So, so, there, so it's going to sound a little different, a yeah. little harsh to yes. our modern ears, because it's just a very, very different time. We're just barely out of primeval yeah. history here. So we're in Genesis and the story. It's the story of Sarah and Hagar. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad that you're teaching on this, but I had to go and reread a whole bunch of the story here yeah. because this is not a story that that I have kind of you know read recently, and I'm sure that's the case yeah. for a lot of people listening. So would you kind of remind us of the story? Yes, for sure. So we're in uh, Genesis chapter 16, and this is a part of the story of Abraham. We know about Abraham because we learn about him 
from Sunday school on up, right? Father Abraham, the the father of the Israelites, of uh, and um, known throughout the religions of the world. And uh, we know about Abraham. We sing the little song, you know, Father Abraham had many sons, and <laughs> yes. and on and on. And we do the little the <laughs> little hokey pokey dance with it. At yep. least I did. I don't I know did about too. you, but yeah, yeah. You turn it all about, <laughs> right? That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. Oh. There's. That little song um, doesn't actually tell us much about Abraham, except no. that except that he was the father of many many descendants. That's which right, which is what we what we know there. But uh, in the real story, um, there are actually lots of really difficult kind of side stories in yes. the story of Abraham, and this is one of them. So Abraham uh, was uh, married had had a wife, a primary wife whose name was Sarah. In that culture, uh, there would frequently be a a primary wife, and then one or more secondary wives uh, in in this uh, culture. So Abraham was married to Sarah, and uh, and Sarah had available to her every power that was available to women at the time, which was hardly anything, yeah. right? But she held this kind of place of privilege among women because she was married to a powerful man. He was very wealthy. They held a lot of property. The Bible tells us multiple times that she was very, very beautiful. And uh, so she held these privileges, but not, she held every power except the one that really mattered in her culture, which was the ability to bear children. She was barren, the Bible says. She could not have children. And that relegated her to this very inferior status in her society where where, uh, a woman's ability to have children determined her entire value and worth and right. significance. It's this honor-shame society, and yes. and it was very, very shameful to be a, a married woman without children. Right. So every power available except the ability to bear children. But Sarah did have uh, a, a slave girl who she called Hagar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hagar held no power at all. She was a foreigner. She was a, a slave from Egypt. Yep. Um and uh, held absolutely no power except Hagar had the ability to have children. At least it's presumed at this part in the story that she has that ability. Right. So Sarah is essentially the uh, the authority. She she owns Hagar yes. in this society, right. right? Yeah. So in her attempt to uh, to raise her own status to have children, she gives her slave girl Hagar to her husband Abraham as a secondary wife in the hopes that Hagar will bear a child that Sarah can claim right. uh, as her own. Right. So that's what she does. And you had mentioned this. This is such a very different culture, and it's very difficult for us to uh, try to understand kind of the yeah. the kind of social uh, systems in, in play here. Right. Uh, so that, is, that was Sarah's plan. Sarah wants a child to raise her own status. It's so, so important. It doesn't have the same... Uh, meaning that it would today. We understand the uh, very honestly the pain, the um, the suffering involved in infertility today, um, and how just painful that is. It was the magnitude of difference uh, between now and then uh, yeah. just cannot be described. So Sarah wanted this more than anything, so she gave Hagar to Abraham as a secondary wife, and Hagar uh, conceived and was pregnant. 
And then when Hagar realized she was pregnant and made that known, the Bible says that she despised Sarah or she disrespected Sarah. Now, my understanding of that isn't necessarily that Hagar was uh, abusive towards Sarah because she wouldn't have, she still wouldn't have been in a position to have gotten away with that, mm-hmm. right? She right. still was Sarah's yeah, slave. Yeah, she's still girl. powered down from Sarah. Powered down yeah. from Sarah. Sarah still was an authority over her. Right. But she now held the position of a, a woman who was with child, mm-hmm. which gave her a place of, of honor that yeah. Sarah did not have. It may have just been that Sarah felt more shame having Hagar in her household uh, yeah. pregnant. So this is where it gets kind of crazy because Hagar's pregnant. That's what Sarah wanted. She she was looking for a child that she could claim as her own, as the woman in charge in the household. And so you'd think that she would be excited about this, but she was not. When yeah. Hagar announced her pregnancy, Sarah was so upset. Uh, she went to Abraham and uh, and she said, this is all your fault. This is straight from the Bible. <laughs> this right? is a surprising thing to say. This is I all mean, your fault. Because this is what she wanted. Right. I'm yeah. sure Abraham was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do now? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I did what you wanted me to do. So in, in uh, Genesis 16, in, in verse 5, it says that Sarah said to Abraham, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms. Right after she said, this is all your fault. Yeah. She's just not making sense. You <laughs> right. kind of get this like caged animal it is kind panic. Of a, right. Her. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting here. Yeah. <laughs> then she says, but now that she, now that Hagar is pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. I'm sure Abraham is like, what are you even talking yeah. about? This is crazy talk. <laughs> I did what you told me to do. This is the result you wanted. Your sentence doesn't even make sense. Like, what? And so Abraham kind of takes a step back. He kind of cops out here, and he says, look, she's your servant. Deal with her as you see fit. In other words, this is not my problem. Leave me alone. I didn't do anything wrong. You take care of it. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and Sarah took that uh, as a sanction. And began to treat Hagar so, so harshly. The Bible says that Hagar ran away. The word used here implies such uh, cruelty and violence that we we understand Hagar to have been really, really grossly mistreated and and abused. Right. Yes, so much so that she chose to to run away, which, uh, you know, we talked about um, just to whatever degree Hagar gained some status by being the mother of this child yeah. with at least within that household. And she's willing to give all of that up yes. because she's so severely mistreated that she's essentially running away to the desert, right. not knowing her future. It, I mean, essentially running away to the desert to die. Yeah. 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 That's what we could imply here uh, or infer here because uh, she is, <laughs> she's pregnant. Yeah. She's alone. Um, it, we see an indication later that she is maybe on her way back to Egypt, trying mm-hmm. to go back to Egypt. That was a long a ways long away. Way. Yeah. And she's wandering through the desert. And she has no provision. Yeah. Um, and what would, I wonder what went through her her head. No protection there at the societal level at all. If she went back, if she did make it back to Egypt, here she is a husbandless woman with a fatherless child. Right. Uh, a runaway slave, no position, no status, no honor. Yeah. Um, what would her life in Egypt have been like? Right. I imagine it would have been one of destitution. Yeah. Um, and yet, 
still she chose to leave Abraham's household because that unknown or that um, very high-risk future was better for her than staying where she was. Right. And that just tears at my heart yes. because we still see this happening today mm-hmm. in our world as it has throughout history of people mm-hmm. fleeing their homes, fleeing what uh, what they know, what security they may have, because that is more dangerous than the unknown. Right. And that's that's so, so difficult. And I guess this is a point where, as I'm, I was reading this, and we've talked about this a little bit, um, it's a difficult story to read. It's a difficult situation to think about. Um, but but uh, you maybe you, if you're listening, maybe you have a very difficult story yeah. and have faced mistreatment, abuse of some kind. Uh, what we're going to see is a God who cares about that yes. and is going to try to do something about that. And so um, I, I hope that you can find, if you have ha- if you have a story of abuse, that you can find a home here in scripture yes, and see a God who is willing to take some action and take care of you. Uh, and I find that encouraging and I hope you all do too. Yeah. I, I tend to believe that that is one of the primary reasons why we see Hagar's story in mm-hmm. scripture, because that it, it it's not a necessary story in terms of the, the chronology of the people of Israel, yeah. right? Which, which is what we see in most of the rest of Genesis. But it's here anyway. Yeah. And I think that the story of Hagar is here to sh- give us a glimpse of God's character and to show his loving compassion for those who are oppressed and those who are hurting. Yes. And, and we can flesh this out. We, we likely will here in the, in, as yeah. we go in our conversation. But again, this is one of those early stories, like you're just saying, that highlights, shines a spotlight on the character and nature of yes. God and themes that we'll see throughout the rest of the Old Testament into the New Testament. So it's powerful but it's also very difficult to read. Yeah. So we don't want we don't want to we don't want to, yeah, candy coat things here. No, absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna get to a very difficult uh, moment here, and we'll have to hash it out. So uh, Hagar has run off to the desert, and uh, and there she is, pregnant and alone, and probably destitute. And we see in uh, in verse seven, it says the angel of the Lord, and I'm just gonna pause right there yeah. and say that in the Old Testament, when the angel of the Lord appears to somebody. We understand that to mean God Himself mm-hmm. is appearing. God's self is is present with the person. Yeah, uh, and so we understand that the angel of the Lord means the Lord. Which, which, uh, I mean, I'm glad you pointed that out. It's amazing yeah. uh, because we just talked about like the social status of Hagar, a slave, yes. foreigner, pregnant, husbandless. Yeah, you know all of these situations on all levels. The outsider. Yes. Uh, and God is here with this person. Right. Uh, and so if you feel like you're an outsider, that's one of the things that's, I think, important for us to remember about the story, to to know that you're not alone, you're not abandoned. God is with you. Yes. Yes. As, as we'll see here, God sees you, God yes. hears you, and God meets you in that place uh, of, of your greatest need. That's what God did for Hagar, God yeah. himself. God found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur, which is probably along the road to what, what she would have known to be the road to Egypt. Yeah. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? And she replied, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, and this is where it gets so hard, so Pastor Kyle. This is, a, I know. this is hard. 
The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Now we're going to, we're going to hash that out here in just a second. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. The son of yours will be a wild man. And then it goes on from from (laughs) there. Uh, But I love that there's a lot in there. yeah, there's a lot of the, and there's there's more to the story in yeah, the chapters that come. That we continues. want to encourage you to go read it. Uh, yeah. We can't talk about everything here in the context of our podcast, but th- this is a story that goes on, and so yes. yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, so I think you know one of the things that as we read this, we've talked about a lot as as, as a difficult moment, and I'm glad that we are talking about it because. Uh, you know, the Bible doesn't uh, doesn't ignore difficulty in yeah. life, and there are some things that we just don't really understand about what uh, what the Bible says or what Scripture says. Yeah. And so there's this moment here um, where the Lord, it says in verse 9, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so again, the admonition here for us is uh, understanding, first of all, this is a very different culture in a very yes. different context. It's written by people that are in that culture and in that context. So the idea of returning to uh, some situation where there was some obvious you know, trauma mm-hmm. and mistreatment uh, today is a really important aspect of, of for, for us seeking health and wholeness and getting out of those kinds of situations. Um, And then, but the angel of the Lord says to go back and submit to this person's authority. So there's social dynamics to this as well, which are a little bit difficult for us to understand. Um, And so, yeah, we, all of that is kind of uh, encapsulating this moment. Yes. Yeah. And it's really difficult for, again, for our modern ears to hear this because of our understanding of, of, as you said, healing and wholeness and the way out of situations yes. like that. And we just want to make it so, so clear. Just as I, I want you to hear this, that God does not sanction or condone abuse or oppression Absolutely. of any kind. And I just am reminded that that Jesus himself told us, made it very, very clear that whatever we do to another person, we do to him, mm-hmm. that our actions toward others are our actions toward yeah. God himself. And uh, and and that was true then, as it's true today. That's right. Um, and part of our heart here at Crossview is to um, the the language that we use is that we constantly want to be taking loving actions on behalf of yes. other people. Uh, that was the way of Jesus. It's the way of our church. It's the Absolutely. way of the church. Uh, a big C yes. uh, here. And so this is this is just one of those moments we just don't know everything about what's being written. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the clearest kind of connection that we can make here is about the the social status yeah. piece. Yeah. The aspect of authority and and Hagar's opportunity for uh, <laughs> for actual life. <laughs> yes. As absolutely. opposed to death, whether that's in the desert or in Egypt, destitute. Right. And so it's it's this really we don't quite it's hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a story where we see that that God enters into the circumstances that are in place yes. and and works through them for Hagar's good That's and for right. Ishmael's good. There's this is not a story of miraculous intervention, right? We see that sometimes in the Bible, right, where there's a supernatural event that occurs yeah. that saves people like the parting of the Red Sea when the Israelites leave Egypt. There are those stories. Yeah. This is not uh, one of those stories. This is where God meets 
Hagar in her point of need, uh, but works through the circumstances, yes. works through the situation that's already in place. So God is not causing or, or right. sanctioning this abuse, but he is working through what's already happening. Absolutely. And that's so key to know about this story. And because Pastor Holly said this, you said this uh, just a little while ago, but one of the things that's amazing about the story of Hagar is that Hagar is seen Yes. As a person who has no power, no status. Right. We shouldn't even be reading about Hagar, no, but we read about her even to this day. And God's presence is with her. She's yes. seen. Yes. And in he, she's seen in these desperate moments where she needs to be seen. And so that's one of these powerful, powerful takeaways about what God does, uh, even in our lives. If, if yeah. you are in a situation where you're suffering and you're Maybe it's an abusive situation or whatever. God sees you. Yes, yes. Whatever your circumstance, God is with you and can work despite those circumstances uh, and, and, and through other circumstances Yes. Uh, to rewrite, renew, and bring life. Yes, oh, absolutely. In this circumstance, in this situation, God gave Hagar a view of his view of her, yes, which nobody else had. She was completely invisible. This is one thing that really drives us home is even her very name in this story, yes. which uh, you and I were talking about earlier, that her name Hagar, not even a name. That's not a name uh, in the Bible other than here. It's not a feminine word. Uh-huh. It doesn't, it's not a name. Yeah. What it actually means roughly is foreign thing. Yeah. That strange thing yes. uh, is what it means. It's probably what Sarah called her, yeah. um, other than what whatever her actual name was. So she was not even viewed as a person yeah. in the household of Sarah. And yet God visits her, is seen by her. And this is, this is what Hagar uh, herself says to that. It says, thereafter... Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. Uh, Hagar wow. names God. Uh, that's huge, that's huge. in it's the amazing. Bible. For a woman, for a, uh, in this case, foreigner, for a slave, uh, to, to name God, to identify God is huge. And then she also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? Um, yeah. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's so powerful. And I, I, to me, this is one of the main major takeaways here, uh, is that, that Hagar is seen her, her story is difficult and painful, but she's not alone. God sees her. She even names God the one who sees, I mean, you just, Hopefully, it's yes. fairly obvious now in the, at this part of the story. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, that that God has seen her. She called God by that name. Um, it's an unbelievable honor to be able to see God, to be able to name God. And I just imagine how her life changed yeah. from the inside out there, how right. her identity changed. And I I'd imagine that she did go back yeah. to the household of Sarah. She did give birth to a son and Abram named, Abraham named him Ishmael. Uh, and he was Abraham's son and Hagar's son. And one interesting thing the Bible tells us is that he's identified as that. He's not identified as Sarah's son. So Sarah's scheme of Hagar giving birth <laughs> on her behalf did not work. Didn't work out. Uh, because yeah. Ishmael was never known as Sarah's son. Yeah. Um, but imagine the dignity and the worth 
and the understanding of her belovedness that Hagar carried back with her mm-hmm. to that difficult circumstance. Yeah, it's yeah. just incredible. There's a lot more to the story. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's really difficult to try to cover uh, this, <laughs> everything about this story, in the, in, like I said before, in the context of, of the podcast and yep. our, our time here. So we want to encourage you to go and read the story, uh, look for the way that God sees uh, Hagar and others uh, as the story continues. Just keep in mind it's a difficult story to understand. That's okay. Yep. We'll provide some resources on our weekly resources page for further study and uh, other things there as well. So uh, yeah, thank you, Pastor Holly, for diving into this and digging into this story and and your good teaching on this. And I hope that people can just really uh, be encouraged in their faith, who they are, and that God knows them and sees them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, any last thing, Pastor Holly, you want to kind of really drive home before we... Before we're done. Really just what you just said, that the my hope here is that you can hear that no matter what situation you are in or what you're experiencing, no matter how deep your pain that God sees you and hears you and knows your real name. Yes. And that you can know God as well, just as just as Hagar did. He'll meet you in that place and he will bless you in yeah. that place. And yeah. um and and at the same time, we encourage you that if you are in a position of, uh, of suffering, if you are in a position where you are being misused or mistreated or abused, uh, please reach out for yes. help. We will post resources on our website uh, for that as well. Um, we encourage you to reach out in any way that you can because God loves you yes. and you are worthy of being treated with the dignity that he has given you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Holly, for this week. Really great job. I'm uh, hoping this really encourages a lot of people. Okay, bye all.